Welcome again to our podcast, uh, Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor. And I'm Stan Fowler. And uh, we're just a couple of guys in ministry trying to figure things out these days with, uh, and I hate the word unprecedented, it's overused, but it's true. Uh, For men leading in ministry, people in ministry leadership, we're dealing with questions we never thought we'd be asked. No, in our lifetime, certainly unprecedented. I mean, I know there have been plagues in the past, etc., but in our lifetime, definitely unprecedented. Even historically, I was reading something that uh, for 1,500 years, the church hasn't been closed on Easter. It's kind of, or at least locked down like we are right now, even in plagues. I think that there was some gathering, and the lockdown wasn't global like it is now. But so, Stan, um, here, here's the thing. Um, there are churches that are pondering how to reconvene. Uh, lately, I heard just this morning that our premier has allow, has passed a, an order that churches can gather in cars in their parking lot, six feet apart, family members in the car, uh, no more than five people leading in worship. Is is that good enough, do you think? I I think the short answer is no. And, and I mean, I, I just saw that this morning myself about the same time you did. I saw it on Facebook, um, posted by a pastor friend of mine who was one of the key signatories of, of a letter mm-hmm. to the premier, who was also involved in a conversation with the premier just this yeah, past week. Um, but... Allowing church to you know to meet in the parking lot in cars i think doesn't doesn't really get at the point of the appeal of those pastors and others to say, "Give us a chance to reopen i mean if we're if we're in the parking lot in our cars, six feet between cars um we're we're not in real interpersonal contact i think it, but is it better? I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I've been thinking about that ever since I, I saw yeah. that this morning. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I think in some ways it's grounded in the idea that what we're after is a reconnection to sacred space, to be here at the church building and in the church parking lot. But if you, know, if you and I are in separate cars in our large church parking lot, we're not going to be stimulating one another to love and good deeds, which is what Hebrews 10 names as a, a reason why we ought not forsake assembly. Right, we're together. not doing that now either. No, we're, we're not. I'm just not sure how much we gain by, by being in cars in the parking lot. Well, are you implying that uh, because our purpose in gathering is to stir one another up to love and good deeds, like Hebrews says, that there's something um, inherently deficient about the way that we meet right now? Well, I think there's clearly something deficient. It's not as good as it could be. But but that doesn't mean... Okay, maybe I should say, is it unbiblical? Are we being disobedient? No, I don't think we're being unbiblical. I think we need to recognize that the, the biblical exhortation to not forsake assembling together um, is grounded in a purpose named right there in that text, namely... God's people need to be together to to enable one another to press on 
as disciples of Christ in this world to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. How we do that? We do that by, by teaching. We do it by personal conversation. Uh, we do it in all sorts of ways. But it's not about this is sacred space and we have to be in I it. haven't heard that too much uh, from Baptists about the sacred space. Right. I think people love being here. But I think it's got more to do with they love seeing people here. We've had people from our church just drive by on their bikes at the end of our uh, uh, stream, just going to the sidewalk, waving to us. I'm here. I, I just I just want to see your face. I don't think it's a sacred space they're thinking of. They just want to feel good. Well, yeah, I get that. But sitting in our cars, parked in the parking lot, simply doesn't answer that need as I see it. And then you would have, you would have I mean, the related question, how, how are you going to do that communication from up front? Are, you, are we going to have loudspeakers set up outside yes. the building? I mean, that's going to raise all kinds of issues about noise bylaws. And, and I think we would have to ask, would, would we be a, a good witness or would, would we be an annoyance to the neighbors <laughs> with that sort of thing? Now, I, I guess there are, there are ways to do it with an FM um, frequency transmission, mm-hmm. which, which might be better. And, and I don't know, maybe, I, I, I confess, I've never been to drive-in church. So maybe it is something that would be worth trying. I have. You know, in Woodstock every year, uh, the church there had this great deal with the large park, Sunday night, drive in your mm-hmm. cars. It'd have 700 people in their cars. They wouldn't all stay in their cars. Some of them, they'd get, they'd get lawn chairs and sit beside. But they had the, the big speakers, you know. And for some reason, they got away with that, except when the dog show came into town. Then they got displaced <laughs> by the dog show. But uh, I, I've seen that work. And now, but, but, when you, but when you make the point that the purpose of our gathering is not just to hear a sermon, but it's to connect it's to stir up it's to relate and if we're not doing that right now or are we doing it right now and if we're not doing it right now are we being disobedient and like I've never just until you said that right now that thought has never come into my mind but I think you're getting me into trouble oh I don't I I would suggest we we need to recognize that the the point of that biblical exhortation the point the point of the biblical uh, statements about coming together is not that we need to satisfy attendance requirements as if spirituality were measured by number of meetings attended. I, I think, frankly, in my church context growing up, there, that was, there was a bit of that conveyed. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, you're, you're a better Christian if you attend more meetings. There, there are reasons for being together. But in a crisis, I mean, it's not a normal time. And and there are all kinds of other biblical exhortations about loving our neighbors as ourselves, uh, about respecting those who have to make the hard decisions to govern us for the common good. Um, I mean, those are to be obeyed as well. What if this became uh, an indefinite thing? Uh, can can we imagine this being the the default expression of the church? where we can accomplish everything that we need to accomplish by way of stirring one another up, teaching. Let's just say this keeps going on. Are we going to get to the point where we say, no, not only is this not ideal, but it's disobedient? Maybe at some point, 
we we would have to say that maybe at some point we would have to say it's it's not across the line um but we'd have to be very careful about where we draw that line i think and i mean nobody knows how long the present crisis is going to continue we we simply don't know um but i mean people have found either vaccines for dealing with viruses or or ways of living with a virus i mean there there's still no vaccine for hiv for example but yeah. that didn't force the shutdown right. of of everything um I think we're we're going to have to find ways to come to terms with it. And I th- I'm I'm pretty confident that we will. I mean, we we can't go on forever in lockdown mode. Something about that's going to have to change. I mean, I would think the point would surely uh, a a reasonable appeal to the government, for example, would be if if we come together as a church and we only sit as households with appropriate spacing between households. So we have the number of households that our seating space will accommodate. Wow. And, and, and so on. You know, That would be so cool because we talk about our church as a family of families. Yeah. And then you'd be literally watching that. Right. Isn't that rational? Now, as, I mean, as, as staff and elders here were talking about just yesterday, there are, there are lots of other questions that we'll have to answer. Um, I mean, wh- one of the crazy practical ones is what about singing i mean singing creates droplets in the air that's way beyond speaking moistly Mm -hmm. to use our prime minister's well-known phrase um would we all would we say you got to have a mask on to sing or how would we handle that i mean it's it's just a practical question we'd have to answer if we could come together but we couldn't realistically sing how would we feel about that wow uh, there are there are lots of difficult questions well you know i found that um everything that that i look for in healthy church pre-covid i'm seeing signs of that in the covid era mm-hmm. uh, and i don't know how long how sustainable it is but there's discipleship that's happening there's care that's going on uh, we're, we are connecting online uh, through Zoom um, in meaningful ways, I want to say. People talk about being Zoomed out. Well, it's not Zoom's fault. You're just meeting with maybe with a whole lot more people than you normally do, and right. that's exhausting even in face-to-face meetings. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm not feeling guilty. I'm not feeling a little bit disobedient uh, if I uh, don't resist the government for uh, this lockdown. I think they're well-intentioned and the things that are important to us seem to be happening. I agree. I, I, th- I think we need to recognize we, we come together as, as believers for, for purposes, not just to rack up points on an attendance scorecard. And as you say, the, the, the functions of the body of Christ are are still being done in unusual ways. And maybe more so. We we had uh, just found out on Thursday there was this big campaign here at Grandview uh, to identify people in need, isolated people, people with some, you know, precondition. Uh, and flowers were distributed just 
people came to the doors, God bless you. That doesn't happen normally, but it's it's happening now. We're more mindful of that. And I don't want to say I never want to go back, but there are things that I'm learning now that I don't want to forget. No, there you're right. There there are things good things happening now as people have to stop and intentionally ask themselves how how, how can I reach out to those people? How can I meet their needs? What are the needs I should be concerned about? And so hopefully that won't die when when we do begin to meet together. We have again. two and a half minutes left, Stan, and I want to ask you about baptism. In this context, we got to baptize, yes. right? Catechize, baptize. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Should we wait until we can do it properly, or? Here's my brief word. We may want to explore this in greater depth. I, I think we need to recognize that there, there is no command in the Bible that says baptism needs to happen in the gathered assembly of believers. And number two, there is no biblical example of that happening. Now, we don't have in the New Testament lots of pictures of of exactly what happened when particular churches gathered. But but baptism is not, I, I, I don't think the heart of it all is the public nature of it. I mean, think of the baptisms in the book of Acts, the Ethiopian eunuch, the Philippian jailer, and, and, and so on. Now, the, this missionary situation, mm-hmm. gospel advancing, I understand mm-hmm. that. But I don't see why we can't help people who've come to faith, understand the meaning of baptism, and baptize them in creative ways apart from the gathered assembly on, on Sunday morning. Um, Would you we, argue, though, that it still needs to be done under the authority of the church, or can people just do it themselves? Well, I, I'd hate to see it the wild, wild west and everybody doing, doing his own thing. That's just kind of a sense of, yeah. of good order. But... But the elders of the church could authorize various people to conduct wow. the baptisms. You're welcome to use my swimming pool yes. in warm weather. Very I nice wouldn't pool. suggest it today, <laughs> but but very soon. Well, how committed are we? I mean, there are ways of doing that. Well, Stan, we need to talk about that one next time. We're out of time right now. Fifteen minutes just flies by so yeah. quick. We'll talk about that. There, there are a lot of facets related to that. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to uh, Thinking About It. And if you are interested in another question, uh, let us know. Just send it to info at grandviewchurch.ca. And uh, if Stan and I can uh, see it, think about it, maybe we'll put that on our agenda. I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. Farewell for now. (laughs) 